0: Well, good morning, everyone. For those who don't know me, my name's Jeff Leader. I'm part of the ministry team here. And I'll just get some impediments out of the way to my feet. Let's just, uh, before we dive into this topic of compassion, let's uh, pray. Gracious Lord, we do pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to your spirit's leading and guidance this morning. We pray that you would touch our hearts that you would speak to our souls. Lord, we pray that you would come upon us in a mighty way, that we may not just hear your word but put it into action. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as been mentioned by uh, Annette earlier, we're going to continue our series called Lord, please make my church. And the kids do all right. So you remember what the first value is of our church? No, look this way. Faithful, brilliant. <laughs> I'll go over here, over here. What's the second one? Adventurous, brilliant. And the third one is? Compassionate, excellent. And the last one that Stuart will do next week is to be enduring, awesome. So that that's... Part of, that's our church values. That's what should be ingrained in us as a church and as individuals. Because they're important things. So, today, as I said, we come to our, first, our third value, which is compassionate, which is living Jesus' call to love. And I want to unpack that. But I just want to, as I start, really just reflect on what is compassion. And then I want to drill down a little bit further and look at what is at the heart of compassion. Well, we can define compassion in various ways, but basically it's a feeling of deep sorrow for another person who is stricken by misfortune and it's accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering that person is experiencing. Compassion basically is an expression of love. And it's an expression of love when we're confronted with those who suffer or or we're confronted by those who are vulnerable. But the key thing is love is at the heart of compassion. Compassion stems or flows out of love. And a consequence of compassion is that it produces acts of kindness and mercy. In the Old Testament, we learn that our God is a compassionate God. And there's various references we can look up. But I want to move quickly through that because in the New Testament, God's compassion is reflected in Jesus' ministry to people. People who are seen to be helpless, sick, hungry, and lost. Jesus reached out to those people through a heart of compassion, and we also note just that, that Jesus' compassion was not based on people's prior repentance or on having a prior relationship with Him. He saw people in need, no matter who or what they were, and His heart reached out to them. And as an example of the measure of the compassion of God, I just want to refer to Luke 15. And that's the parable of the lost son, or the parable of the prodigal son. Various other titles, but basically the parable of the lost son. And you remember how one of the two sons asks for his inheritance, goes off, squanders it all, and then realizes that he needs to repent, say sorry to his father, and return home. And then we see his father waiting. Waiting expectantly for him to come home. But the father's heart is filled with compassion. And he looks down the road and he sees his wayward son returning. And it's just the so, same may that God has compassion on us. and He accepts us just as we are when we repent and return to him. And then as we move through the New Testament, we see the New Testament writers throughout the letters. There is an expectation that we follow Jesus' example and make compassion an integral part of our lives as Christian believers, as disciples of Christ. But what I want to do today is explore the question of what is at the heart of compassion, And Stuart asked me to speak on this topic a few weeks ago. There was a phrase that kept just running through my mind, and it just kept coming back to me and coming back to me. And it's this Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. It's actually, it doesn't come from the Bible, it's actually a line from a song sung by a group called Casting Crowns. But it captured for me what it means to be compassionate. I want to do something different. We're going to watch a little video. Uh, have a look at this and see if we can make that happen. Steve's got to work a bit of magic at the back there. Listen to the words of the song. There are some rather confronting images in that video. But the words that really caught my attention, the words of the song, were these It's getting dark, it's getting late cold outside the rich man's gate, and I'm wondering, do you have any friends around here? It recalls the image of Lazarus begging outside the rich man's gate, alone, destitute, and exposed to the elements. Did anyone care about Lazarus? Mother Teresa once said that the biggest disease today is not leprosy or cancer, it's the feeling of being uncared for, unwanted, of being deserted and alone. So as I reflected on that line for what break my heart, for what breaks yours, I reflected on the things that Break my heart, and I'd like to share a few of those with you this morning. My heart breaks when I care about people, and my heart breaks the most for the people I care and love the most. I get upset and want to act when I see things that affect the well being of the ones who are dearest to me, the ones I'm closest to my wife, my children my grandchildren, my parents. My heart breaks when I see them in pain, when I see them struggling with sickness, with work pressures, or wrestling with relationship issues. I want to change things for them. I want to help them. I want to make things better. But my heart also breaks when I learn that members of my church family are hurting because I care about them, I care about you too. These hurts are often well hidden, well disguised, and it's only as I've drawn close to them and get to know them that I discover the pain that is in their life that is affecting them possibly physically, emotionally or spiritually. And it grieves me grieves me greatly when members of my church family are attacked or maligned for what they believe. And it also grieves me greatly to see relationships within a church family, or within the families themselves, either broken or under great strain. As a minister, I'm often spending time with people who are having marriage difficulties or those who are grieving the loss of someone close to them. I'm aware of the loneliness that many people experience as they age and see their friends pass away, and due to increasing frailty, they become less independent and more dependent on others for help and assistance. I'm aware of young parents who are struggling to hold it together because they're dealing with sick children or kids who aren't sleeping properly. Or they have children who challenge them and to continue to push their buttons as they grow older. Having worked in the secular world for over 20 years, I am also aware of the challenges and pressures involved in the workplace and the demands of time and energy that are placed on people to perform. I'm also aware of many people who are facing financial pressures and the capacity to service large loans or even sometimes just affording the basics of everyday living. The list could go on and on. But these are all things that break my heart. And I know that God's heart breaks too when he sees his precious children struggling with the challenges of life. You know, when you love someone, you want to help them. You care about them. And you know, sometimes the best thing I or you can do is to sit with them, pray with them, and reassure them that God knows what they're going through, what they're facing. But you can reassure them that God is with there with them and that his heart is breaking for them too, as he sees them struggle with the situations they're confronted with. When we fulfill the command to love one another, actually to love our neighbor as ourselves in the two great commandments that were read to us earlier in Matthew 22. We read John's letters in 1 John uh, chapter 3, where there is a command to love one another. And you know, when we do that, we're expressing compassion, because love is at the heart of compassion. It is a command. Compassion flows from love when we are willing to love, but we must be willing to love, to care. We recognise need, and then because of our love, we become willing to give of our time, our talents, our treasures, to express love and to change situations. This is to express Christ's love to those in need. Compassion is the avenue by which God's love and healing, spiritually, emotionally and physically, come to those in need. And we don't have to go far to find people in need in our community. Our heart is stirred when we see images like that on the video. But there are people all around us who are spiritually poor. People who need to meet Jesus. People who need to find new life living for Jesus. There are people around us who are struggling with illness or disability or with the effects of advancing age. They need our love, they need our help. And then there are people who are confronted, challenged by raising children, who are facing marriage difficulties or even facing breakdown. And as you look around you will find that there are many people around us who are lonely. who are grieving these people may be your neighbours they may be your friends they may be your work colleagues what we need to do is to spend time getting to know people we need to draw close to them we need to learn to love them so that we can discover for ourselves where their needs are and then we can minister to them out of love. We can serve them. And we can minister to them out of a heart of love in the same way that God does. Compassion will flow from our love for people. But there is another area that breaks the heart of God. God loves people and his heart breaks when people suffer through poverty persecution violence and injustice when we and you know when we're confronted by the magnitude of these problems we can feel overwhelmed and we tend to back away thinking it's just all too big for one person to make a difference or even one church to make a difference it's a daunting task and we get frightened of loving and caring. But I'm reminded of that little boy. I think Stuart Grant shared this story a while ago, but it's worth bears repeating. It was a little boy who was on a beach, and that beach was covered with literally thousands and thousands of starfish that had been washed up by the tide. And there they were on the sand, being dried out and baked by the heat of the sun and they were slowly dying. And that little boy bent down and picked up a starfish and threw it back into the water. And then he bent down and picked up another starfish and threw it into the water. And he kept doing this. As he was doing this, a man was walking down the beach and he saw what the little boy was doing. And he asked the boy why he was wasting his time throwing back the starfish. He just couldn't possibly get them all back in the water. What he was doing would make real, no real difference at all. But the little boy just bent down and picked up yet another starfish. And as he threw it into the water, he said, but it will make a difference to this one. The expression of compassion naturally leads to action, just as it does with my family and with my church family. Compassion involves doing rather than just saying, and you know what, this is scary stuff. It's risky. It's challenging. It may require a great deal of courage and being prepared to step out into the unknown. You know, it's it's much easier and safer just to give a donation. Safer doing that than engaging with people and letting your heart be broken by what breaks God's. But this is what it means to be a Christian believer. It's all about relationships. We have a relationship with our Lord and Saviour, and we are commanded to love Him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But we're also commanded to love our neighbour as ourselves, and we're commanded to love one another. And this can only be done when we are in a relationship with other people. And you know what? God will always give us the strength, the ability, the time, the talents, the resources to do what he asks us to do in this regard. And God's not going to overwhelm us or exhaust us because he loves us and he's promised to provide all that we will need to do the things he's called us to do however if we are willing to let our hearts be shaped by God's heart we have to know what is important to him what matters to him and we can only do that by reading his word learning about God's heart and by letting his holy spirit change our heart And as we do, we will begin to understand the things that break God's heart. And this may mean that we find ourselves around people who are unhappy, miserable, or grieving. God may call us to walk with them in their sorrows, in their anger, or in their despair and it may be downright uncomfortable choosing to allow your heart to hurt like God's. One of the things we learnt visiting the poor in Africa, and it's a principle that applies just as much here as in Oran Park, is that we can bring hope and joy into a person's life just by sitting with them, listening to their stories, taking an interest in them, and treating them with dignity and respect and love. And then by sharing the love of Christ with them and reassuring that there is a loving Heavenly Father who loves them and who knows what they are experiencing and who has opened the way for them to enter into heaven for eternity. There will be an end to suffering in this world There's a lot in the New Testament about experiencing joy in the midst of suffering. We looked at Philippians last term and saw Paul in writing from prison, sharing his experiences, but through all that, he rejoiced in the Lord. He experienced joy in the face of horrible situations. And then we read in 1 Peter how suffering can lead to eternal joy. I'd like to close with another video, and it uh, sums all this up very well for me, personally. Let me share this with you. It's called, There Is Always A Song. let if this, whoops. The message of that song, the words are up there, is that even though we often struggle to find the right words, or know what is to do, and what is the right thing to do, we can bring hope and joy into people's lives by showing them Christ's love and compassion and sharing with them the words of eternal life. These words are like a song sung over a person and into their very hearts, causing them to sing for joy in turn. And we know when that happens in a person's life, there is rejoicing in heaven. We can make a difference one person at a time. Whether it's here in our community, whether it's engaging with people overseas, with our sponsor children, we can make a difference one person, one child at a time. And we can sing a song of joy, of hope, of love into their lives. But we need a heart of compassion. And so we need to pray, Lord, please break my heart for what breaks yours. Because it's only when our heart is breaking that we will be empowered to do something about expressing Christ's love to those we love. So Lord, help us to be compassionate and may we be known here in New Life to be a compassionate church. So we're going to close with a prayer that Simeon has recorded for us, which I think... Yes.